are men socialized to fail as men in our modern world? This is a really good question, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Welcome back to another episode of the Joshua Segevis Podcast Morning Show. I'm Gentlemen, masculine creatures of planet Earth, all you men out there who are living the experience of being a man on a day-to-day basis, welcome back to the Joshua Segefis Podcast Morning Show. We have a really important topic to talk about today. There's a recent article that came out on HuffPost.com, on HuffPost Personal category, and uh, it's titled, I'm a therapist who treats hypermasculine men. Here's what no one is telling them. It was written by Crystal DeSantis and it was published on April 5th, 2023. So it's very new. And we're going to get into this and talk about this. Um, so there's a lot of talk that goes around about masculinity. Everyone has, everyone has a couple opinions about masculinity in the modern world. And, and nobody more so than the people who talk about mental health. A lot of people say that, you know, traditional masculinity is bad for mental health. There's a whole fight about that. There's a whole, you know, philosophical debate. Maybe it's even a psychological debate that goes on about that. But I just want to share a little bit of this article with you because there are some things laid out here that I think are important to address. And, you know, this is an important thing to talk about. And this is a pretty serious topic, to be honest. And it deserves a little bit of attention. Now, there's a lot to unpack in this article, and I am not going to go over every single bit because there's a lot to it and a lot to unpack. A shout out to the writer, Crystal DeSantis, for creating a great post, covering this topic well. Whether or not I agree with all the parts of it, um, needless to say, obviously, she has invested a lot in you know her professional life trying to help deal with this issue of men and their mental health. And this is kind of like her story of this. And this one we'll talk about. She's a therapist. Obviously she treats hypermasculine men or so she describes, and we're just going to go into it. And I'm going to read a little bit of this article and I'm going to commentate on it a little bit. So here's the beginning part. Wanting to understand this population more, I began to dig into books, resources, and training on masculinity and the socialization of men in traditionally masculine fields. That's kind of the introduction. John came into my office, she says in the article, like many of the men I work with, at his wit's end. His wife had given him an ultimatum, therapy or I'm out. John had never been to therapy before, and as he sat there on my couch, hands clasped, eyes on the floor, his discomfort was plain to see. All right. Already in the very first paragraph, there's a lot to unpack. Now, listen, I have been through divorce. I've been through breakup and I'm going to say this. Uh, Oh, I've been through more than one breakup. I've been through many breakups, some initiated by the women and some initiated by me, mostly all initiated by the women earlier on in my life than later on in my life initiated by me more and more as I became more aware of myself and aware of life and the importance of having a compatible partner and also the ability to draw boundaries. But anyway, that's kind of beside the point. Don't want to get off on a tangent on that, but listen, um, I am at a point in my life where people do not give me ultimatums. Okay. 
And let me explain what I mean by that. I'm at a point in my life where I have taken such radical responsibility for myself that nobody takes care of me. Okay. I lead all initiatives in my life. Anything that I'm a part of, I'm either in charge of it, I'm leading it from the front, or I'm at the very least in it, taking responsibility, direct responsibility for leading it to a successful outcome. Case in point, nobody pays my bills but me. Nobody moves my career forward but me. There is no such thing as a boss, you know, breathing down my neck, threatening, you know, to have my work done on time. It, it just doesn't exist anymore. Um, I'm a high performer. Generally speaking, when I jump into a project, I outperform everyone else. I outwork everyone else, or at least I, that's my intent. Whether or not I'm always successful, that's always the intent on the radar. And the reason for that is because I believe in the alpha mentality. I believe in the principles of evolutionary masculinity. And I believe that as a man, my purpose in life is to generate resources and solve problems to provide safety and security so that the tribe can survive and thrive. And this is inherently a masculine trait, this leadership trait, radical self-responsibility, extreme ownership. So when I'm in a relationship and this hasn't always been true for me. I had to learn this the hard way. Obviously, my marriage was not like this. In my marriage, I was completely focused on just like, oh, what do I need to do to stay out of trouble? You know, what do I need to do to get my wife to like me? What do I need to do to get her to keep wanting to be intimate with me? You know, oh, how do I not say the wrong thing so we don't start an argument because I don't want conflict? These are all beta mentality thoughts. Okay. These are non-masculine non thoughts. Today, my life is much different. And the, there's a reason why I'm telling you this. I'm not trying to make this all about me, but I'm trying to explain to you the difference that masculinity, true evolutionary masculinity has made in my life, okay? In regards to this one little snippet that I read from this post. By the way, this article is going to be linked down in the description so you can find it. And another note is that I have a whole system course on masculinity and dating that if you want to learn more about my take on evolutionary masculinity, if you actually want to take the training, you know, go through the same process I went through to learn how to be masculine. When I say process, I mean, learn all the same stuff that I learned to develop higher level evolutionary masculinity in my life, which actually will make you more attractive as a man, but it'll also make you more successful. And then also my whole dating system that empowered me to go from dating zero to dating hero. You can find a link to that system down in the description. You can grab the course, learn all of the important stuff that I learned to help me master my dating life and master my masculinity. It's called the Adult Man Dating and Masculinity Transformation System. So I would encourage you to go grab that if you are struggling with masculinity in your life. With that being said, um, you know, I lived in beta mentality, a non-masculine state in my marriage. That's why I failed. My wife was not thrilled with me because I wasn't a leader. I wasn't taking radical self-responsibility for the success of the family and tribe. I failed on a lot of fronts. Okay. Now fast forward to today. I have a girlfriend. We have a life together. After, you know, I, I hit a total life reset back when I was 30. I'm 36 now. So I'm six years into this. Today, 
I take extreme ownership of all of the vital infrastructures of my life. So when I wake up, you know, she has kids, I have kids. My thoughts are, what does this tribe need to succeed today, right? Um, as a general rule, I'm going to make sure that I'm contributing everything that needs to be contributed to get everyone to a successful place every day, right? That might mean that I wake up earlier than everyone to help everyone get up and get ready. That might mean that I am going to make sure that everyone has the tasks they need, that I delegate the tasks for the day, right? When it comes to my work, I'm going to make sure to schedule my time for work. When it comes to fitness, I'm going to schedule my time for fitness. When it comes to the family's fitness, I'm going to schedule time for us all to do fitness together. Um, you know, I'm going to take radical self-responsibility of all of the elements of our life. So in other words, like I own the house we live in. This is something I take responsibility for. I, I manage all the bills. I manage all the finances. My girlfriend has a job. She has a career. Uh, she contributes her portion to the bills. And that's all that I ask of her to do in the money front. Uh, but I pay all the bills, right? Um, you see, there is a big difference between leading the tribe victoriously into the future and trying to make your woman happy or, you know, not paying attention to things. Like there were some things I did well back when I was kind of living in beta mentality. For example, I was a pretty good writer and I was pretty good at talking to people and having a good relationship and good friendships. I was a pretty good friend, these types of things. Just, but so you could say that I was a good man, really, all things considered. That didn't make me masculine. That didn't make me effective. It didn't make me the kind of man that my family could trust to lead them into the future. I kind of just dealt with things as they came. I didn't really plan ahead. I wasn't just working diligently, just determinedly, ferociously committing myself to success every day, like I am now, making sure that I try to look ahead as far as possible to plan ahead, to make sure things flow right in our life. Back then, I wasn't committed to the family's fitness. I wasn't committed to making sure we ate a proper diet. I wasn't committed to having a financial plan for the future for, for me and my partner. I wasn't committed to making sure we had plans for how to increase our wealth over time. I wasn't taking radical self-responsibility, making, sh making sure that it was my job to grow intimacy as a couple, to communicate well, right? To begin any dialogue that needed to happen, to make sure she's okay all the time, to be, to be so self-validated all the time that she can lean on me if she needs to, that the rest of the family can lean on me if they need to. These are all very masculine traits. Okay. And I didn't used to do these things today. I make it a point to do these things. And the difference is night and day. I am the master of my destiny. I'm the captain of my fate. And I'm so self-validated that, you know, I'm not at any point in the day living to please my woman or to make anyone happy just because I want to be liked. It's all about the purpose. It's all about succeeding. And as I better myself, I become more formidable in this game. And this makes me abundant. I am not afraid of being left by my partner. I'm not afraid of being cheated on by my partner. I'm not afraid of 
anyone pointing a finger at me and telling me, like criticizing me that I'm not doing well enough because every single day I have that conversation with myself before anyone else is even awake to the deepest level, a deeper level than anyone else would, could even fathom. That's extreme ownership. By the time someone gets around to even think about criticizing me, I have long since thought about that situation and I have deployed the best solution that I knew, usually just the best one available, definitely better ideas than most other people in that immediate situation because most people don't think way ahead of things like I do. Most people just kind of, they just kind of react to the circumstances. Okay. So with all that being said, this puts me in a position of power in my own life to not be afraid of things like an ultimatum. The way that I deal with ultimatums nowadays is if you give me an ultimatum, you're out. Like nobody gives me an ultimatum. Clients, the last time a work client gave me an ultimatum, I said, okay, we are done. You know, I'm not, I will not be filling any more article orders for you. We are done. I will finish the work that's on the docket because I told you I would and I'll honor my word. And then I'm done with this project. Like literally same conversation. They said, you know, they delivered some kind of ultimatum. Uh, were they justified in delivering it? Actually, it was a very poorly managed operation and there was no clarity on direction. And I applied myself the best that I could with the information I had. And then they had kind of had a wild out of left field problem with it. And then just gave me an ultimatum on it. And I was like, no, you are insane. You're literally insane. Uh, and I'm not going to work with you anymore. Okay. Uh, this is my process when I'm in relationship. If for a long time now, this has been my policy and I'm sure my partners know this. I don't get ultimatums. If you give me an ultimatum, don't even bother pack your stuff and leave. Go find another relationship. Go date a dude who accepts this kind of behavior because I don't, because I'm too valuable to do this because of all this work I do see. But the reason why I, I don't have any fear about those things, the reason why I don't have to worry about those things, the reason why those things, why I can say F you to anyone who gives me an ultimatum is because I do the work. I wake up and I do the work. Uh, from the outside looking in, you would probably do a pretty good job of describing my life if you described it as a constant grind. There are a, a lot of people who know me very well say things like, Josh, don't you ever, well, don't you ever want to have fun? Like, don't you ever want to just take a break? Don't you get burned out by doing nothing but like working, 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 working on things all the time? Like, uh, you know, why are you constantly pushing it? Like, you know, don't you ever just kind of want to just take it easy? Like, this is the kind of things people say to me. Uh, and, and I say like, listen, it is my purpose to generate resources and solve problems and provide safety and security so that the tribe can survive and thrive. If this tribe isn't thriving every day, guess whose shoulders that lands on my shoulders. It's my fault. If one of the kids doesn't have what they need for school that day, I could blame them. Maybe they will get in a little trouble. I could blame, you know, 
my girlfriend. Maybe I have a talk with her. Maybe I have a discussion. Hey, this can't happen in the future, whatever. But ultimately, who should have planned ahead and taken action to ensure that there was a system for having that thing done when it needed to be done? That's on me as the leader, as the manager. See, being a leader isn't about just telling people what to do. Being a leader is about leading from the front. Being a leader is about investing in everyone to such a degree that you assure the whole tribe of success as long as they play by the rules and follow the program that you've laid out, you know, within certain boundaries. Uh, so right away, right away, you know, this says, you know, she's telling the story. She says, John came into my office, like many of the men I work with at his wit's end, his wife had given him the ultimatum therapy or I'm out. See, uh, there's a reason why nobody has ever said this to me. It's because, well, therapy, like I've had my issues. I've definitely had my issues, but I've also put a lot of hours, thousands of hours into working on myself. I've read, I mean, I have a, a shelf full of self-help books. I have talked to coaches. Like I've had, I've had, um, I've had business coaches. I've had relationship coaches. I have had heart to heart conversations with friends who've challenged me, who've said, Josh, you're not doing it right. You know, I, I've had people give me parenting advice that I've really taken to heart and listened, tried to learn when I make mistakes. I don't blame other people. I take responsibility for it. And then I go research and figure out how I can do it better next time. Right. When I cause a problem in my life or in someone else's life, I don't just let it slide. I learn that lesson. I commit myself to it. This is a very masculine concept. We have to continue to improve. Self-improvement is, is a necessary part of being a man. We have to get more efficient. We have to get better at things. So maybe, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, people were saying things like, you know, my wife was saying things like therapy or I'm out, or, you know, if you don't stop doing this thing, I'm, I'm out, whatever. And, and then I was like worried about like, Oh no, she's going to reject me. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be lonely. Um, but that doesn't affect me the same way now because of the masculine journey I've gone on scene. So this is just, it's so important for men to understand what angle to come at this from. If you come at this from the angle of, I want people to like me. I just want to have a nice little life, nice little peaceful life. You're going to fail. You're setting yourself up to fail as men. We have to understand I am the one who stands between the family and the chaos and disaster out there in the wasteland of, of the universe. There are monsters out there. There's disease. There's starvation. There is death. There is financial ruin. There is poverty. There's depression. There's anxiety. All of these things are constantly trying to get into my home and destroy my family, destroy my tribe. And I am the soldier, the leader tasked with making sure that this tribe continues to survive and thrive and that all those threats remain at bay and even the threats from inside because the tribe can also turn on itself. So you have to get that figured out. This is, this is the, and, and as such, I have to take power into myself and I have to be fully validated. If I do not 
fully validate myself, if I do not take the power back into myself and I assume control of my life to such a degree that then I can effectively lead others, guess what's going to happen? I'm not going to be up to the task. My thoughts are going to be on, oh, I hope I can make my wife happy. Oh, I hope my wife will give me sex tonight. Oh, I hope my girlfriend doesn't cheat on me because there's a guy who's got better abs than me. Uh, these are all mundane. Like These are all concerns of men who are not progressed far enough on their masculine journey, my friends. And I don't say that as a dig. I'm not trying to say that to be mean to anyone. But this is what I've learned in my life. As men, we have to be far enough along in this journey that things like rejection, criticism, uh, these things don't register on our radar aside from the fact that we can learn from them. You know, we've learned to be emotionally stoic. We have to be the types of men who are up to the task of embodying our tribe's very best chances for survival and not imploding from that pressure. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit more of this article. I've already talked a lot about this. Let's read a little bit more. She says, As a therapist who specializes in couples therapy and works with a lot of male clients, I'm no stranger to the scenario. So I keep a tennis ball in my office just for this reason. Hey, John, you want to toss the ball with me? I asked. And, and again, I'm continuing to read from this article. He looked up in surprise. Sure, he said. After a few bounces back and forth, he caught the ball in his hand. I had no idea this is what therapy is like. He smiled for a moment, then got serious. I'm not sure what I'm doing here, he said. I think I'm a pretty good husband. I know I'm busy with work a lot, and maybe I drink a little too much, but I'm not a bad guy, you know? His story isn't unique, she says in the article. It is common for me to receive an email or phone call from a man coming into therapy with the threat of divorce hanging over his head. See these? This is all wrong. This is all backwards. Man needs to be in more control of his life than this. He needs to be in more control of everything than this. Uh, he has to have complete, he has to have taken complete responsibility over all of the vital life domains of his life. Uh, anyway, I'm going to continue here. There has long been a stigma against men admitting they need outside support, particularly in the realm of relational or mental health. And this is true. Men do need outside support. It's our responsibility to cultivate good friends, to go to therapy if we need it, to, to do what it takes to get positive results. I don't mean being delusional. I don't mean being like, oh, no, I'm fine, and then actually being a toxic um, piece of crap. I actually mean being able to get good results. One of the questions you have to ask yourself is, am I putting winning numbers on the board? Like, you know, is the feedback I get from my dating partners that I'm amazing and they want to be with me? Or is the feedback that they kind of keep leaving because of my toxic behavior? Well, that means you need to change something. Am I constantly broke and out of money and, you know, constantly struggling to get by, living hand to mouth? If so, then I have a money problem. You can't just say, oh, I don't have a money problem. It's just blah, 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 make excuses. No, 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 no. If you don't have a money problem, you'd be putting numbers on the board. See, we've got, it's got to be real. It has to be real. We can't be delusional about it. Uh, let's see. I'm going to, I'm going to scroll down here just a little bit more. There was a part here I wanted to read. Traditional socialization of men encourages them to not talk about their feelings, to deny that they need help and to project a veneer of confidence and competence, no matter how they truly feel. Unfortunately, this approach has led to many men suffering in silence. Suicide among men is nearly four times more likely than among women, and over 70% of those who die by suicide are male. 
anyway, so, you know, this is true. Men need good socialization. They need to talk about their feelings. And I'm not saying to wind your wife about it. If you approach the situation from that mindset of power and abundance and leadership, then when you talk to your woman about your problems, you're not going to be like, oh, poor me. Please help me feel better about myself. You're going to say, you know, hey, as my second in command, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell you about my day. This sucked. This sucked. You know, man, this is rough. You know, this is the, I'm, I'm confiding in you in the inner chambers of my, of my war room. If a woman decides to not be a good listener, if she decides to like, you know, for some reason, it, if she's not good at that process, well, the, you probably don't need to be married to her anyway. Uh, but the problem comes generally when men start to make their problems the woman's problem. And that's not the point of venting. That's not the point. The point is men need to, they need to vent, but they need to be in control of the situation. That's all it is. That's where men run into trouble. Uh, project a veneer of confidence and competence. No, don't project a veneer. Be confident by putting numbers on the board, success numbers, right? Are your kids doing well in school? Are your kids thriving? Are your kids having great relationships? Are you and your woman having a great relationship? Are you crushing it? You know, when you date women, are they having an amazing experience wanting to partner up with you? Or are they kind of getting pushed away by your toxicity? Like, you know, real results, real numbers on the board will tell you if you're competent. And then you deserve to be confident when you put real numbers on the board. And then also men understand that like there's this, there's so much of this. I feel, I, I lack confidence. I just don't feel confident. No, 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 no. Stop it. We have to stop it with these feelings. We have to understand the feelings are just, they just run through our body. They're just chemicals, of course, through our brain. Yeah, they're strong. Yeah, they're powerful. We're going to feel up. We're going to feel down. We're going to feel happy. We're going to feel sad. But the masculine approach is to stay focused on the purpose. Understand that feelings are just feelings. They're just fleeting. If you have extreme feelings, you take steps to mitigate those things, right? So if you have, maybe you're feeling real bad one day, go out with a friend, talk to him, vent to him, vent those negative feelings out, you know, uh, go to therapy. If you're feeling especially happy one day, uh, that's awesome. Enjoy it, you know, but, but don't let it make everything wonky and weird. We've got to stop chasing our feelings. It's just chaos. We have to chase the purpose. We have to stay focused on the goal. Anyway, so the, again, this article is linked down in the description. You can read it. I didn't even get partway through it. There's so much to go through, but that just that very first paragraph was indicative of so many problems that men are facing. And I want men to stand in power in their life. I want men to stand in abundance. I want men to men to stand uh, understanding that they can be the capable masculine leaders who do not need to fear rejection. They don't need to fear. Uh, you know, losing clients or losing friends or losing a partner because of some you know, nonsense reason. When you're a formidable man and you stand in your formidability and you, you become competent and you become the type of man who actually gets results, people will line up to want to be in your camp because there are so few men out there who have mastered this, this ability to lead effectively. And this is what I want for you. This is so important. So there you go. That's all I've got for this one. Go with grace, my friends. Never give up your power. This is Josh Segafis signing off.